0: or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our Conversations here with Dan. What's up? So we got something a little different for this week and next week. Uh, first off, want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been subscribing and commenting. And what we're going to do this week is actually respond to one of those comments um, like I say we've been having a lot of fun talking with some of you but this one caught Dan's attention and he went can we do a video on this one so that's what we're gonna do but then next week in the first week of November we are gonna take a week off vacation yeah a little vacation so we'll join you again in two weeks but for now the question that came in Dan was he um, had kind of several parts to it but it boiled down to How exactly
1: do we come up with a church doctrine okay well first of all um, I wouldn't put it as a church doctrine because the doctrine does not originate with the church fair enough it's a a biblical doctrine I think is what you're asking so let let's talk about yeah let's talk about what we understand by a doctrine a doctrine is a general teaching of scripture that is is clearly a directive for the conduct of people uh, in the present. You might say that. Okay. And, um, there have been doctrines throughout history uh, that that have been taught by God's word, and. Um, We talk about two different types of of study. There's exegetical or contextual study where Mm -hmm. you're studying a particular book of the Bible to see the particular message of that book and and the teachings of that book. Kind of like what we've been doing in our videos. Yeah, the summaries of the main ideas of those books. But um, there are also pervasive teachings that go throughout the Scriptures that um, are so um, obvious, they're, they're sort of uh, teachings that have always and will always direct us. Now, let's okay. see if we can give yeah. an example or two or three. Um, one good uh, example of this would be, there is the doctrine of Christ about the Lord's Supper. Okay. Um, and um, you have the the Matthew, Mark, Luke, accounts of the Lord's Supper, and Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. It was a command of Jesus, yeah, and it was a command of Christ for the future practice of the people. Mm -hmm. And then we see that command of Jesus playing out as the church in Acts devoted themselves among other things to the breaking of bread Acts 2:42, mm-hmm. and they assembled on the first day of the week to break bread Acts 20 and verse 7 and then we also see that same concept carried over in the apostolic letters of Paul in 1st Corinthians right where he um, talks at length in chapter 11 about the proper way to take the Lord's Supper and uh, you know it's it's clearly a teaching that uh, you know First Corinthians chapter 10 even mentions it. So there are there are numerous places and it's based on the redemptive work of Jesus, and it's clearly a teaching, a doctrine. Doctrine just means a teaching okay. that governs the practice of God's people. It's not like it's a it's an obscure thought in one verse of Scripture. Hmm. It, so would that be maybe a clear defining
0: thing is a doc, a good doctrine, biblical doctrine is going to be built on more than one point you're making. It's going to be seen in multiple spaces of scripture. That's
1: usually the case. Um, what you're doing when you when you do doctrinal teaching is you're there, there's a big assumption here and, and it's not always a good assumption in people's practice. If you first of all understand the message of the individual books, in and of themselves, and then without doing violence to that message, you take the teachings in those individual books, and there are some there are some pervasive teachings that are all the way through there. Hmm. Then you have a really solid biblical doctrine. Another example might be um, the the doctrine of the resurrection and second coming of Christ. Hmm. I mean, every gospel speaks of the resurrection. Yeah. The epistles of the apostles speak often of the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, Paul speaks throughout the Thessalonian epistles and other places of the parousia, the second coming mm-hmm. of Jesus. And uh, he speaks of the resurrection in 1 Corinthians and says that without the resurrection, uh, Christianity is meaningless. 1 mm-hmm. Corinthians fifteen, twelve. Yeah. you know, following. And so um, throughout the speeches in Acts, you know, you're in Acts. One of, the, one of the major points was the resurrection of Jesus and the yeah. coming of Jesus. So a fundamental basic Christian doctrine is that not only is Christ risen, and not only is Christ Lord of all with God, but he's coming again. Mm-hmm. And connected with the resurrection is the doctrine of final judgment. Yeah. Because the gospels take you know Matthew 25 the king's going to come and he's going to put the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left hand and and uh, you know you have the parable of the wheat and tares and the same sort of thing and and uh, you have Paul in multiple places talking about the final judgment 2 Corinthians 5:10 um, you have uh, Peter talking about the day of the Lord coming. The book of Revelation outlines the final judgment. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is not an this is not an isolated mm. thought that's an illustration for something that's the main idea. This yeah. is a pervasive biblical teaching that goes throughout Scripture, and so it's a it's a very solid doctrine. So would it be? As far as a lot of a lot
0: of times people will start looking at church doctrines biblical doctrines where we get them from and would it be fair to say that if that's what it meant to the people of that day it will carry through the life of the church because I know that you were talking about looking at the context of that scripture and that passage that particular book would it be fair to say that a good doctrine is going to try to get at the main point that was originally being made
1: yes Yes, there's no conflict at all. Good exegesis, good contextual study should lead to the building of good, solid biblical doctrine. Mm. But you can't have one without the other. Yeah, they kind of work hand in hand. Now, um, our our questioner brought up a matter about the cups in the yeah. Lord's Supper. And, and, you know, he took the cup and he gave thanks and, you know, and cup, singular, right? And so uh, the idea of one cup, doctrine cannot be developed, um, I think, correctly, without some sense of uh, the historical setting in which uh, everything in the Bible took place. For example, hmm. we know from Jewish practice in the, in before the first century and in the first century that um, the father had the Passover service and the patriarch of the family would direct the Passover service. In the Mishnah, which is a collection of the sayings of the rabbis, Mm -hmm. uh, Pesahim is the section, section 10, talks about the Passover. And uh, it talks about that every person in Israel uh had to drink at least four cups during the evening and the cups were ceremonial the father had a cup everybody around the table had a cup and the father uh, would take the cup and he would do the blessing over the cup Mm. like jesus did he Mm. would do the blessing you know over the bread and other things blessed be thou thanks be to you O lord our god king of the earth who gives us the fruit of the vine you know and so, knowing the context of Jewish Passover, and knowing that Jesus was in a Jewish Passover, we know that Jesus wasn't saying hmm. everybody has to have the same cup. Yeah, that wasn't the point of the exercise. The point was that there was a an emblem mm-hmm. that was going to represent the blood of Christ, not the blood of an animal sacrifice like the blood of the lamb with a little yeah. l, but the blood of the lamb with a capital l. Yeah, you know. Now, when
0: he when he started, did it with his disciples, did he, like, can it be pulled from the text one way or the other that he literally passed his cup around? No. Because no. I think that's how a lot of people imagine it. No, everybody Jesus. had to
1: have their cup, and he was acting as the patriarch would act and the mm-hmm. family around the table and okay. directing the Passover. So service. then
0: maybe going a little <coughs> bit deeper, whether you know whether they believe that he had the cup and passed it or they see from the historical context that they might have all had it does the point Jesus is making matter whether you decide to do
1: it with one no, cup or No. the, one the biblical doctrine is that Jesus instituted a symbol the fruit of the vine not the container but the fruit of the vine mm. and the fruit of the vine is a symbol to remind us of the blood of Christ the lamb of God and without that blood, we couldn't be forgiven, and that blood cleanses us every day and it produces gratitude in us weekly as we take mm. that symbol. So um, the so, the giving of thanks and the elements of the unleavened bread, the bread of suffering, mm-hmm. deuteronomy sixteen three the fruit of the vine, those reminders of his body as a sacrifice, his blood as a sacrifice. and the the thanksgiving we do because of those. You know that's the center of of the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. for all generations, and he said, you know, First Corinthians eleven twenty six, Paul mm-hmm. says, we proclaim the Lord's death this way until he comes. Right. So this is a forever rite mm-hmm. of the church. So I guess we're we're
0: getting at, and I, maybe I'm going to try to keep distilling it a little bit. The doctrine is the belief set behind a practice, but it's not necessarily
1: the practice itself. Oh, it is the practice in the sense that when Jesus said, do this, yeah. give thanks, partake of the bread, partake of the cup, that's yes. the practice. Do Okay, this. so then I guess to further clarify,
0: sometimes is the mechanics of how we do something, does that get wrapped up in the doctrine in ways that are unnecessary? Yes. For, for example, yes. like like we, how do you pass the bread or, yeah are we making a doctrinal stand on whether it's multiple little cups in a tray or is it in a big tray? yeah whereas we're the missing doc- the point when we do that completely. okay <coughs> so then how do we start to pull those pieces apart? Because i think that's really where kind of the most of these frustrations <coughs> about <coughs> when people have <coughs> how do we come to doctrines or what is the doctrine it usually rotates <coughs> around those minor points of implementation more than <coughs> excuse me yes that's all right. <coughs>
1: I guess you could say that a biblical doctrine is a universally held okay. teaching mm-hmm. by the apostles and prophets and Jesus of the New Testament that's carried forward. Okay. Um, now go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Great Commission. Yeah. Clearly a stable. Universal doctrine of the New Testament so, <clears throat> but it doesn't tell you to ride a bus ride a donkey take a plane walk mm. you can do you any of those <laughs> you can do any of those things to go okay um, you know do good unto all men doesn't tell you how to do good it doesn't tell you what good things to do it says do good yeah unto all men so some doctrines are rather generic they're rather general mm-hmm and some doctrines, like the doctrine of the Lord's Supper, is very specific. He took, uh, takes the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine and do this mm-hmm. in remembrance of me. So <clears throat> um, this video isn't going to be big enough <laughs> yes. to answer every question. But the basic answer is across the books of the Bible, mm-hmm. there are common teachings. Okay. And those common teachings across the books of the Bible are where we find biblical doctrines that are fundamental yeah. doctrines. Um, the doctrine of baptism in the New Testament. It's directly related to the redemptive work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's repeated <clears throat> over and over again in all kinds of different contexts yeah. in the book of Acts as a way to contact uh, or, or to initiate a relationship with Jesus for the forgiveness of sins it 's talked about by Paul all through his epistles by peter mm-hmm. you know it's it's a universally taught doctrine that 's connected to the redemptive work of christ yeah and so there's you know it's it 's so pervasive it 's really a wonder why there's any mm. discussion about it, but the yeah. problem is some people think that the church, and you you said church doctrine, and I want to make this real clear distinction. Yeah. Some people think that the church has the right to change biblical doctrine. Right. And the church with a capital C changed a lot of biblical doctrine. They had no right to do so. Mm. See? So our our plea to people is let's go back to the Bible and just settle ourselves on those those plain biblical doctrines Mm -hmm. there's one body and one spirit and there's one hope of your calling there's one lord jesus christ there's one faith there's one baptism there's one god and father of all let's go back to those things yeah and uh, those other pervasive doctrines and let's settle there without thinking that we have the right to change those things. Yeah. And I'm sure that everyone has kind of their own question and thought right now. On, and the, bits, on the bits and pieces of how those doctrines are then Well, what about this doctrine or what about that? Yeah. Follow up with us and we'll do the best we can to answer those questions. Fair enough. So hopefully
0: that at least, maybe not fully answered, but gets you started down the line of trying to figure out exactly how doctrines are developed over time. And if you have those specific questions,
1: let us know. And before we leave... Okay. When we say doctrines are developed, Mm -hmm. that's a little scary because I would would rather say that those doctrines are already present in Scripture. Sure. And if we're just developing things which are not really present, that's a big fat no-no. Yes. Okay, so we'll talk about that more later, but I had to throw that in. (laughs) Kill of it. All right. So thanks again for
0: watching, and we'll see you again next time. But we are taking a week off. Vacation
1: time. (laughs) Yes!
0: Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.